Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com, where Inside Carolina members get 10% off their everyday online orders. Get ready for another edition of Inside Carolina Radio. And I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan. And Sherelle, the big news this week is certainly Tony Bradley's decision to stay in the draft. Can't fault him. I mean, folks will find reasons to be upset with him or say he made a bad decision, but the great thing about his decision is it's his, and he made it, and he'll stay in the NBA draft. Your overall take? Yeah, I think it's something, you know, props to Aaron Beard of the Associated Press because the night of the national championship game, Bradley told Aaron in the locker room that he was considering entering or he was going to enter without an agent and he might sign him with an agent. So it's, I don't think it's something that uh, Tony just decided over the last couple of weeks. I think him and his and his camp have kind of known that this is what they wanted to do uh, most of the time, but they wanted to go through the pre-draft process, go through workouts with teams, let Roy Williams get the feedback from NBA general managers and personnel that he always does for making their decision final. This is definitely what they wanted to do, but they just you know needed to do due diligence to make sure that for them it was the right decision. And like you said, people can find fault with it, but for the Bradley family, um, regardless of what other people may think this was the right decision for them. For North Carolina, um, it does change things a little bit next season. If you read some of the stories we've written on Bradley on the site over the last couple of months, his family's made it clear that they kind of had a two-year plan going into the season, that the first year would be to learn from Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks and the bigs on North Carolina's roster. The second year where Tony would kind of be the, the guy and then he would likely head to the NBA. So their timeline basically got accelerated by a year. Yeah, and like you said, like I said, to start with, it's his decision. So, Shrill, in making that decision, and your thoughts on this, I know you tracked it as much as you could, but, I mean, it doesn't really matter what the mock drafts say, or does it? I mean, I've seen him anywhere from late first, middle of second, all it takes is that one team. I know we talk about that a lot. I know folks always say it just takes one team to be in love with you. But Bradley's skill set, to me at least, certainly, whether or not he showed all of those skills at North Carolina is another, another discussion. But his skill set certainly can land somewhere in the NBA. And like we talked about maybe with Mitch Trubisky on the football side, is going deeper in the first round is not necessarily a bad thing because you might wind up on a very good basketball team. Your take on that part of it? Yeah, if you look at the mock drafts, I think they're a good baseline to start with. They're not the end all. Like anything, you need different uh, measurements and different tools to help you get a complete picture of what's going on. So for Tony, you know, he's anywhere from, I think, Chad Ford of ESPN has him in the 20s, whereas Draft Express has him, I think, at 42. So he has a, a pretty wide range. And the thinking from the Bradley family is that because maybe everyone didn't see everything he was capable of in North Carolina last year, and not because he was limited or anything, just because he was doing what was asked of him from North Carolina system, that when he gets into these workouts with teams, that he can show them more of his overall game and that will push him higher on draft boards. That's kind of the working theory, I think, for the Bradley family um, and his agent moving forward is that, you know, he's got a lot of skill and he can show these teams and they'll be really impressed and that'll push him higher, you know, into the first round. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. Question before we move on to more basketball matters is if he falls into the second round, 
Does that make, in your eyes, his decision to go pro a bad one? Um, no, again, because, and I promise I'm not trying to be <laughs> hands-off and non-controversial, but it, I don't think it makes it a bad decision because it's what he wanted to do. I think we've seen plenty of examples over the last few years of second-round picks doing well in the NBA. It used to be the case, I think, where if you went out of the first round, you kind of fell off and your basketball career was over. That's not the case now. You can you know, go to the deep league. You can be signed on a non-guaranteed contract and work your way up. You can go overseas for a year. There are so many more options now for the players to succeed um, and eventually make it to the NBA. So I think if he is taken in the second round, that doesn't mean he won't make a roster. That doesn't mean that he won't make money next season. It just means it'll be a little bit harder than it would be as a first round with that guaranteed money. So, I, I, you know, his dad said when we talked to him, there's a story up on I see now. When we talked to him, he said, you know, once you're in, you're, you're all in. So we're prepared to handle if he doesn't get picked in the first round. We're prepared to handle if he gets picked late in the second round. They're, they're ready to go, and this is what they wanted to do. Yeah, you've certainly done some fantastic work with the stories that are on the website now. If folks listening hadn't read them, get on there and read them. They're worth reading. And then read the message board threads to see what other Carolina fans are thinking about his decision. Some, some like it. Some don't, and that's the nature of the beast when it comes to it. And like you just mentioned, I think the Bradleys are all in with whatever happens, and they're comfortable and, with that decision. And, and let me just clarify. when I, say, I, I think part of the confusion has been Bradley made some comments about being a stretch for, about how his entire game wasn't showcased in North Carolina. And I think North Carolina fans, or fans in general, are um, kind of predisposed to turning that into a negative. And I don't think that's how Tony nor his family meant it as a negative. It was just meant as, for example, we were asked to do A, B, and C, and Tony was fine doing A, B, and C, but he also can do D. It's kind of what the family is saying. And I just want to make that clear because I think too often or it's very easy to misconstrue that into something that is negative or saying that he was misused or saying that, you know, he wasn't happy in North Carolina or anything like that. If you read his statement that UNC released, I, I don't think you can say he wasn't happy. Yeah, and what makes a good teammate and a good player, a good coachable player, is doing what you're asked to do. And that Bradley's numbers this year speak to that and the fact that Carolina won the national championship. I'm not quite sure how anybody can question, or at least outside looking in, can question what Bradley was asked to do, what Bradley did while at North Carolina. And, and you know... I know national championships don't mean a lot to some guys looking for the NBA, but the fan base needs to remember that. And, Sherelle, I think you tweeted that a lot um, in the last few days to that Carolina fans should remember that portion of it. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, he committed to North Carolina at a time when committing to North Carolina wasn't very popular. Again, he didn't officially visit any other school. He took his official visits to North Carolina in the spring. After a few months, he just kind of, for us, it was kind of out of nowhere said I'm committing to North Carolina. And, you know, within a couple of weeks, Brandon Robinson had committed and signed with North Carolina. And a few weeks after that, Seventh Woods had committed and signed with North Carolina. So I don't know if Robinson and Woods would have committed to UNC anyway, but you have to think that Bradley kind of opening up and saying, hey, I'm going to go ahead and do it no matter what was going on with the NCAA definitely had an impact. And I think it's something Carolina fans should remember moving forward. Absolutely. Now let's look forward a little bit. Carolina has tried to make a Pittsburgh transfer a part of the roster. At least there's interest there. 
Terrell, your take on this whole situation. I mean, Cameron Johnson uh, certainly would fit perfectly at North Carolina on the basketball court. But the fact that he has graduated from Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh's still holding out these stipulations restricting him to North Carolina has got Twitter afire, a lot of people upset about it. Your take first on Johnson the player. Let's start there. So Johnson the player, um, I hate to make the comparison just because they're the same height, but he would kind of fill the role. I don't think he's quite the player that just he's not quite the player Justin Jackson was last year but he would try and fill that role as the starting small forward he's a very good shooter it was close to 42 percent average you know 11 or 12 points a game at Pittsburgh last season and one of his best games was actually in the Smith Center uh, when Pitt came a couple points of upsetting the Tar Heels this past year so he's a good player I think as a plug-and-play grad transfer who has two years of eligibility and that's what makes his situation so unique is that He's a great student, and he has two years of eligibility left versus the usual one. I, I think he's a perfect fit for North Carolina, you know, where he to be able to come um, and me- immediately play next season. He's a perfect fit to slot right there beside Joel Berry and Theo Pinson at the one, two, three. As far as the other stuff, it's complicated, and I think that's why we didn't hear a lot about it. Um, There's just a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes because this is a very complicated deal. So just a quick refresher in that the NCAA and ACC have no rules about transferring within intra-conference for graduate transfers. The rule that's keeping Johnson from potentially coming to North Carolina is a Pitt athletic department rule. And it's a very fair one, I think, in that when I, when I say fair, let me go back because people are going to get at me. <laughs> when I say fair, I mean it's meant to protect the athletic department. I doubt they thought they would ever use it for this kind of situation. Um, But uh, so it's there to protect Pitt. They have a pretty strong case as far as the rules go. I think the issue here is that Johnson's graduated. He's fulfilled his obligation. And then there's a unique set of facts that apply with Pittsburgh and that the coach has been not very helpful with transfers in the past at other places. And then that they've had so much roster turnover over the last year. So it seems it seems a bit can't think of the right word. It seems a bit not fair for Johnson, considering he is the model of what the NCAA wants to see in a student athlete. But by the letter of the law, it can do what it's doing. So I think this is one of those situations where we all think the rule is dumb, but it is the rule. Yeah, and when you start saying stuff like letter of the law, and it's finding the word i know what you think about it i I really know and that (laughs) the bottom line is pitt's being ridiculous and i'll say that i mean like you mentioned there at the very end johnson has done everything he's supposed to do as a student athlete for the university of pittsburgh came in provided them a couple seasons of good basketball did his job there but not only that he did the student part and he is the definition of a student athlete and now that they are trying to keep him, and he stayed when his coach that recruited him left. I mean, that that's the part I think really gets me. And a lot of people talk about the Stylings, Roy Williams, friendship. Uh, and uh, your take on, while there is a rule, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, there is a rule. I mean, how can there not be an exception in a situation like this? It can't possibly be just the fact that he wants to go to Carolina because they'd let him go anywhere else he wants to go. 
or, yeah, is, think, or is it that, that he just uh, wants to go to Carolina and they don't want to let him? I think this would be the case with any ACC school. I know it's, it's easy to think it's just because it's UNC, but they would do this with any ACC school just because they want to protect themselves so they don't have to face that player. And again, because he has two years left, um, the thought of facing him for two years and having to play him immediately, I think is definitely an issue. And then, like I said, there's other kind of political stuff going on at Pitt. There's a new athletic director there. So that situation in itself has its own set of challenges. And then there's the, you know, Coach Williams, Coach Stallings angle. Um, so there's there's just a lot going on <laughs> in there in general. I, I think I'm, I'm a big common sense person. I think, you know, when, a, when there's a situation that can be solved very easily, then you just choose the easiest path, which here for Pitt, they may not like it, um, and I don't think I think they're scared of setting a precedent that would open them up to all kinds of transfers and, and different things. But I think in this case, he's done what he was asked to do and he should be allowed to transfer. But again, Pitt does have the kind of rules and, and jurisdictional leg to stand on. Yes, it, common sense and reason just don't seem to apply in college athletics sometimes. Maybe it'll win out here. And it could. It, it You know, it's just. It's just a matter of whether or not it will relent. I'm sure they're facing tremendous pressure from media folks, from fans, from journalists. It's just a matter of of how much equity they want to put into this, how much of their brand being tarnished are they willing to take for this potential transfer. Yeah, never mind the other athletes, recruitable athletes that are paying attention to it. I think that's where they could get themselves into some trouble. We could talk about that forever. And probably we'll talk about it again. But for this podcast, last question, give us sort of a update on recruiting for the summer. We're starting to, I know it's late May, but we're going to get into June and July very shortly. Carolina fans, what should they look ahead to recruiting-wise? Yeah, so this is this is one of the quieter periods of the year um, as far as recruiting goes. Of course, you had the April evaluation periods. There's two of those uh, over the two weekends in April a chance for coaches to go out and see players in action during uh, events and AAU tournaments. And since then, uh, North Carolina hasn't given out any scholarship offers. I think at first we were a little surprised by that, but I think now that we're seeing what was happening behind the scenes, perhaps they wanted to see what happened with Cameron Johnson before giving out any additional scholarships. They have uh, their basketball camp, uh, Rollins basketball camp starts in June. um, And usually we see, a couple of players visit during June. Uh, Seventh Woods, Brandon Ingram, Dennis Smith Jr., Paul Washington Jr., Kobe White, Andrew Playtech, all have visited unofficially in June the last couple of years. So it's a big time for them. A lot of pickup games going on in the Smith Center. And then the signees will be in Chapel Hill in about two and a half, three weeks. They'll work for Williams Camp, and then they'll enroll. And from an IC standpoint, We'll have coverage throughout uh, June. The t- big event for us in June is the uh, National Basketball Players Association Top 100 Camp, which takes place in Charlottesville. We know Kobe White, 2018 UNC commit, will be there. Um, and usually it's a, it's a good uh, swath of talent from the different sneaker uh, circuits. And then the evaluation periods in July, there are three of those. Um, that starts the week after the 4th of July. So once kind of the middle of June hits, it gets pretty intense, and that's when you'll start seeing additional offers, more visits, and things just pick up in general. Not many slow times. This is one of them, but like you said, it'll heat up quickly. Sherelle, 
It's always a pleasure. I learn more than anybody on these podcasts. It's always fun to talk to you. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Inside Carolina Radio, brought to you by johnnytshirt.com, where Inside Carolina members get 10% off their everyday online orders. We'll talk to you again soon.